When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to Football Full Circle right here on the grid. Busy week this week on many fronts, obviously. So we're going to get through as many of these topics as possible today. Some are going to be football related, but obviously things have changed a lot, frankly, since the last week that we were on. Um, There's been a ton going on in the United States, obviously. People are in a lot of pain. We're seeing... I frankly have really not seen in my lifetime. I think we've seen things similar to this, but uh, we're in a situation just sitting here watching on television. Some of you out there have been involved in the protests. Um, Some of it is shocking to some, and I think that's part of the point is people to get their point across. We can talk through all of that throughout the next hour on this show, but George and I really want to have kind of an open conversation about the things that are going on. We have to relate it to sports in some way, because that's the nature of this show. It's a football show. And for better, for worse, these discussions have come up in a negative light, George, and they've come up to try to inspire change. So we're going to talk through it, but I'll give you a moment to comment before we get into the first topic, which is obviously going to be Drew Brees. Yeah, I guess like you said, uh, it's a time period that even though you and I are older, I don't know if any of us have really seen this. Not to this extent, anyway. I mean, there've been protests here, protests there, but not to this extent. And uh, listen, I have nothing against protests at all. I think if it's done correctly, it's a a good thing. Uh, I don't like I don't like looting and the rioting. I think that has to be uh, calmed down. I don't think a thousand, you know, committing a thousand small crimes makes any sense here. But as far as protesting, I have no problem with that at all. Change does need to come. does it, will it come out of this? No idea. You know, no idea. But no, I don't think, I think it's fair to say I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. So we'll focus on it and, and have this open discussion. And for those of you out there that want to reach out to us individually, feel free to do so on social media. George is at George Kurtz. I'm at Mike Blewett. You can always comment at SportsGrid, although it's better really to comment to us individually. If you see anything on this program that you want to say, discuss, disagree with, agree with, I'm open to it. So Uh, We have to start with the story of the week, really, in football was Drew Brees specifically uh, making comments that were obviously, in my opinion, insensitive, but we can break it down any way you want. Let me just go with the comments first. When he was asked about players kneeling again when the NFL season was open, it's by Red and Wright, uh, at Red and Wright of Yahoo Finance. Drew Brees said, I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Uh, 
then later in the week, he comes back with an apology because he saw a ton of blowback. He had a teammate, Marcus Davenport, defend him. He had many teammates and former teammates come out strongly against him. Mike Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Malcolm Jenkins, to name a few. Um, he says, I would like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the black community, NFL community, anyone I hurt with my comments today, yesterday. In speaking with some of you, it breaks my heart to know the pain I have caused in an attempt to talk about respect, unity, and solidarity centered around the American flag and the national anthem. I made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark on issues we are facing right now as a country. They lacked awareness and any type of compassion or empathy. Instead, those words have become divisive and hurtful and have misled people into believing that somehow I'm an enemy. This could not be further from the truth and is not an accurate reflection of my character, my heart, or my character. I'll read the second half of his statement as time allows, but I want to comment on it first. So here's my opinion on it, George. I thought, I think anybody, and we can adjudicate the kneeling for the flag all over again. I think I'll even save it for the next segment if we want. Uh, I'm somebody that feels that it is absolutely within everybody's right to kneel during the anthem respectfully and as a silent protester. I also would have to respect somebody's opinion to disagree with that and think it is disrespectful. I would disagree with them in saying that it's disrespectful, but it is their opinion and they have a right to it. So in that sense, I understand it. But Drew Brees making this comment at this time is extraordinarily tone deaf, and I think it is insensitive. He absolutely has the right to the opinion, but hijacking what's going on and everybody trying to obtain justice for George Floyd and others by uh, usurping it and making comments about people kneeling for the flag three months from now, I, I don't really care. It isn't the point of what's going on right now. And if I'm being totally honest, it came off so tone deaf and so out of place for me because of all the many things he's done in his community. It seemed opportunistic to me as if he is putting a stamp on something that might be a future for him. He does come across to me like somebody that may have an eye on politics long term. And I, to me, it's why it came off so insensitive and it came off slightly, at least slightly opportunistic for me to put his stamp on what he thought was the meaning of the anthem and the American flag to him. So I've said my piece. Go ahead. Yeah, I think there are many different ways you can go with this. I could chastise Drew Brees. I could defend Drew Brees. Uh, not so much defending what he said, but he has done a lot of good for that community. Yes. Uh, he, he said one stupid thing. And, you know, when, when a professional athlete gets a microphone thrown in their face, although the funny thing is the, the question was a softball question. It wasn't like they were drilling them. So I agree. That, that's there wasn't any reason to bring it up. Right. And he actually, he, he, got, he put his foot in his mouth. He got himself in trouble here. So that's one thing you look at it that way. Um, I don't really care about the apology today because that's when the PR people got a hold of it. All right, this is what you got to say to get out of it now. You know, that, 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 I, I hate all that. You know, and, and that's, not, not, that's not just Drew Brees. That's anybody in, you know, they, once the PR people get a hold of it to try and, you know, make good on it, they'll, they'll tell you what to say to make it right. I do think it was unfair that uh, Brees was chastised as much. He's, he's done a lot of good. You know, he's, he did say something that was, you said, tone deaf, I think it's the perfect thing. Ignorant, fine. Does he have an agenda? I, don't, I have no idea. Maybe he wants to get into politics. Maybe he doesn't. But it, it was a thought that went through my head that, wow, that seemed to be a planned speech. Because once again, that's not what the question asked him. It's what he I, wanted to talk about. Exa it's exactly why I thought that, George. It wasn't really even an answer to the question itself. It's right. why it felt opportunistic as if it was a planned answer that he had to wedge into this interview. It isn't wasn't really a straight answer to the question, and that's why I thought it was even worse. It, it just it, it has nothing to do with what's going on at the moment, and it wasn't even really an answer to the question. Strange. Like I said, it, it's strange. And, and we, I guess maybe we'll find out in a couple of years if that. You know, he did kneel for the anthem at least once. We've seen pictures of that. You know, so he has kneeled for the anthem. Listen, I don't think anybody thinks, uh, or I don't think anyone wants to d disrespect the flag. He brought up the military, that he has family in the military that fought. We all do. Most of us so do. do I. Anyway. Yeah. I do. I mean, I've never thought that kneeling for the flag was disrespectful. We need, if, you, if you're a church-going person, you kneel in church. And that's not Tom Tabernick started kneeling because Nate Boyer, a right, Green Beret and, and cup of coffee and NFL guy, I don't like sitting down. Sitting. 
I don't like. Well, that's why he's. Down. That's why they know. They know. But the, but the kneeling down doesn't bother me. I, it, it never did, and it does. Uh, it, it didn't bother me also when they were standing with their fist raised in the air. That didn't bother me either. You know, I'd say only the sitting down was what bothered me. I I say bothered me. I'm going, you really shouldn't do that. Not that I was all upset and going to go bananas. John Carlos and Tommy Smith raised their fist at the 1968 Mexico City Olympics, and they were chastised in a way that really ran them out of the sport. It made them villains. And now that's 52 years ago. But I think Malcolm Jenkins brought up a, a great point last night. If, you know, because I think uh, part of Drew Brees said, oh, we shouldn't be, we're football players, we shouldn't be talking about it in this forum. Well, then where? When? I mean, if, they, if you want change, popular people, people who can get on TV, can get in the newspapers, they're the ones who have to bring it about. Right? It's because Malcolm Jenkins or Drew Brees, they're working to get out to people, get out to many more people than even you and I can. All right? Yeah. So I think the, Malcolm just brought up a great point. If not, you know, if, if not here, if not now, when? Where? Right. I think that's a valid point by Malcolm Jenkins. Like I said, it was. I think Drew Brees said some stupid things. Uh, if he had an agenda, well, then we know why. If he is going into politics and he's going on that side of the politics, then we know why he said it. Then there is no excuse, which makes this apology all, all the more BS. Because it means he didn't yeah. mean the apology. He meant what he said originally. Right. And, you know, there's there's some debate, too, as to whether uh, he knelt during the anthem or he knelt before the anthem and stood up during it. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, we can get It's not. I'm not going to dissect it now. I, obviously... He had done a lot for his community. It's why I think so many people were so shocked and and disappointed to some extent, because he had been a symbol of rebirth of New Orleans after Katrina. He has been wildly supportive of the community, donating recently $5 million to support uh, COVID-related causes and difficulties for people. So he's a very charitable person. Um, But again, I'm not going to defend he has the right to say it, but you don't have to say it at this point. And it wasn't the point of the question. And it's not the point of what's going on related to the protests. It's not the point of kneeling for the flag in the first place. So now there is a point to it that we should also bring up. And Tony Dungy mentioned it on the Pat McAfee show is that Drew Brees can't be afraid. He says, quote, Drew Brees can't be afraid to say that. And we can't be afraid to say, OK, I don't agree with you, but let's talk about this. We can't just say anytime something happens we don't agree with, hey, I'm done with that and this person and that doesn't make sense. Now, there is obviously, frankly, due to social media, a rash of cancel culture. Somebody does one thing wrong. They want that guy. They're done with that guy. They want him out of the league. They want him out of their job. They want him to be done completely. Now, as you mentioned, perhaps that apology is disingenuous. I can't say it is at the moment. I'm saying... I have my doubts, but he apologized. His teammates have backed the apology. Specifically, Alvin Kamara has said, I've had a day to digest the comments that Drew made. I was disappointed and hurt. We talked and I explained to him where he dropped the ball and he understood. We have to educate to, pro- to progress. And then Michael Thomas says, one of my brothers made a public statement yesterday that I disagreed with. He apologized and I accepted because that's what we were taught to do as church as Christians, now back to the movement. I think that sums it up more. Hashtag George Floyd. I think that sums it up better than anything. He's apologized. Let's focus back on what we're trying to do here by protesting in nearly every damn city in America. Oh, agreed. The last thing you want this protest to be about is about Drew Brees. Yeah. But about rather than what it really is about here. And, uh, you know, what Tony Dunn said is right. I mean, we can't be, uh, anytime anyone says something we don't agree with, we're going to chastise that person. We're going to, you know, eviscerate them. So now uh, they need to be fired, you know, ostracized and everything else. We are a free country, right? You, know, you say what you want. Well, you're never going to get everybody to agree on one thing. It's never going to happen. Right. You know, it's just that I think you don't want to go to the extremes. You, know, you can disagree with what's going on. That's fine. You have that right. But you just don't want to go to the extremes, go to the other end where you don't believe in, you don't believe in freedom. You don't believe, or you don't believe in freedom for everybody is really what I should say, where it's just for you or, or you know, your group. Rather than everybody, and that's what—that's not what this country's founded on. Yeah, uh, agreed. I, I think it's the thing that I was really most disappointed in and, and angry about is that that comment, as you, we both have said a number of times, was out of place and it distracted from what's actually trying to uh, be accomplished here. So him taking it down a path that we didn't ask him to take it down and distract him from what's going on. Uh, it just was disappointing, and I was upset by it. So we'll come back. We're going to talk about Jake Fromm, who made himself part of the news cycle this week. George and I will be right back on FFC right here on The Grid. 
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey, everybody, back here on The Grid, football full circle. Mike and George talking about the news of the week, uh, this week in football. A little bit later on in the program, we're going to talk with Joe Lisi, talking college football. But for now, we're focused on the news of the day, which is uh, really, at this point in the season, it would always be off-field stuff. Now it is off-field items that are really unique for these times. Obviously, we just got through talking, done, we just got done talking about Drew Brees and everything that we could probably talk about Drew Brees for an hour. But uh, we're moving on to the other stories, uh, which this one is Jake Fromm, the fifth round rookie pick out of Georgia of the Buffalo Bills, uh, future backup to Josh Allen. George, he made himself part of the news cycle this week, and it is via a text that he is going back and forth with a friend. It seems like this happened roughly a year ago. Uh, he su- he suggested that he was talking about uh, guns, and he says they need to let me get suppressors, just make them very expensive so only elite white people can get them. Uh, apparently, the text thread went on. It was back and forth about him saying that he's not really elite, but the context of that tweet in any capacity is going to upset a lot of people, and it did this week. And he obviously comes out with an apology, which you said you're sometimes skeptical of these apologies, just trying to save face. You're not sure if they're disingenuous or not, but nonetheless, here's the apology. I'm extremely sorry that I chose to use the words, quote, elite white people in a text message conversation, although I never meant to imply that I'm, quote, an elite white person. As stated later in the conversation, there's no excuse for that word choice and sentiment. While it was poor, my heart is not. Now more than ever is the time for support and togetherness, and I stand against racism 100%. I promise to commit myself to being a part of the solution in this country. I address my teammates and coaches in a team meeting today, and I hope they see this incident is not representative of the person I am. Again, I'm truly sorry for my words and actions and humbly ask for forgiveness. 
George, this is obviously a different scenario in that Drew Brees, regardless of how insensitive his comments were, has a nearly 20-year history in the NFL of having donated to causes, been out in front on uh, a, a variety of different issues. And Jake Fromm is a rookie that nobody really knows about. So him walking into the locker room in Buffalo is going to be an extremely difficult challenge for him now, having said something like this. Yeah, I mean, uh, he knew a year ago he was going into the NFL, right? It wasn't like this is a shock where, oh, I'm going to be in the public eye all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, and I understand. He's a he's better. A kid, he was a bigger prospect then right. than he was after this season. So why you would ever, 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 I mean, whether you think it or not, why you would ever put it in writing where you don't have control of it after you hit send is beyond me. Beyond me. I think it's stupidity. I think, hey, the thinking is stupidity. Putting it in writing is stupidity. Then hitting send is stupidity. Mm -hmm. You know, and as you keep saying, Mike, I have a problem with all these apologies. I do. Because I think, once again, the media, your PR people get a hold of it. All right, this is how we got to make this right. This is how we're going to make this better. This is how we're going to cover this up so things don't go bad for you. I don't know if he really feels bad. Or same thing with Drew Brees or anybody else. I don't know if they do. I have no idea if they do. Your actions will tell me that from now on. That's right. right. Then I'll know if you do. But the apology means very little. That's just the basic stuff. The smallest thing you can do is apologize. The apology is just checking the box, right? Right. Okay, guy. You have because you have to apologize. If you don't, you're done. Okay. Every professional, every professional organization this past week had to come out with a statement about how they stand for, with justice for George Floyd, and that the pr police brutality is reprehensible and racist, and they don't stand for it. And they should say that. But it's this odd. But it's this odd situation where. If they don't say it, then they get criticized. When they do say it, you and I would sit here and rightfully say, oh, there's checking a box. I don't know what they really think. But you can't not do it, right? So much in the same way, Fromm has to do this apology. We don't know how he really feels. I have, if I'm, if I'm playing the full, discussing the full spectrum, I think things are said to friends, quote, I put in air quotes because how does this get out if you're friends with somebody? Things are said to friends that are off color and will not ever seem funny outside of the context of messing around with your friends. But elite white people, I don't even know how that, I don't even know where that comes from. You know, Who says honest. that to their friends? I don't know. I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's disappointing. I just think once again, uh, and we've said this, we've said this throughout the years, when you're an, uh, an athlete, an actor, anybody's in the politician in the public eye, you, know, you gotta be very careful what you say. I mean, you just have to be careful. And you certainly, certainly shouldn't be thinking half these things anyway. Listen, everybody believes police, uh, police brutality is bad. You know, most of us believe racism is bad. You know, I mean, I'm a big believer I treat people the way they treat me. I don't care if you're black, brown, white, yellow, red. I don't care. You treat me well, I treat you well. You treat me like crap, I'm going to treat you like crap. That's just the way it works uh, for me. Uh, but, I mean, to, to, I would never put anything in writing I like this stuff. I wonder, are you thinking? What did Herman Edwards say? He was a big, uh, big thing in. Don't press don't send. hit send or at least think very hard before you hit send because it's out there and once it's out there when he sent this maybe that was to a, his best friend whatever it is we don't know the details and they had a falling out over the past year you know and that friend doesn't like him anymore they had a big fight or if the friend said hey some news organization over 50,000 for it who knows you know I don't know what the motivation was for the friend to put this out there but he put it out there you know once again why you would think this why you would say it and why you would put it in, in writing for anybody else but you to see is beyond me yeah. Uh, the Bills came out with a statement early, quote, earlier today. We became aware of comments made in a text message conversation involving Jake Fromm in 2019. He was wrong and he admitted it to us. We don't condone what he said. Jake was honest and forthcoming to us about the text exchange. He asked for an opportunity to address and apologize to his teammates and coaches today in a team meeting, which he did. We will continue to work with Jake on the responsibilities of being a Buffalo Bill on and off the field. So, uh, the Bills got on top of this very quickly. Um, I think they would have to be diligent in staying on top of this. I think there's sometimes a tendency in locker room culture and with sports teams and, frankly, any company to just say, all right, uh, he apologizes behind us. Let's move on. I think that people have to know now that this is 2020. It's a whole new ball game. Sorry, no pun intended. And you can't just check the box and move on. We're talking about this in, in context where 
it's a little irritating to read these kinds of apologies and these platitudes about how you stand with George Floyd because we don't know if you really feel that way. It's you need to say it. So appreciate it. But where you know where are the actions uh, behind these words? So I think that's what we're going to see more of. You know, we'll frankly we can just transition into the next part of it, which is talking about Vic Fangio. And Vic Fangio, like that is the type of attitude that's really like that's the kind of type of person can benefit from having these discussions. Do I think Vic Fangio's the worst guy in the world? No, but he's got to be he's got to have rocks in his head to think that there isn't racist practices going on in the NFL, even if they're not overt. How hard is it for us to get? People of color to be a GM, to be an owner, to be a coach. How hard is it for Eric Bieniemy to become a head coach? Like, look at this stuff. We can't just look at Pittsburgh and say, well, they've had a black head coach forever. Or Tony Dungy was a black head coach. Like, are you kidding me? Two-thirds of the league are black. There's a million African-American assistant coaches, and we just can't get over the hump. Why is that, you know? Like, these are the types of things we have to explore. I'm, not, I'm asking that hypothetically, but Vic Fangio to come out and say something like that it's just indicative of like why we're talking about this stuff now. Well, the guy, as far as Fangio, I think he's just trying to protect his job. You know, oh yeah, I'll just I'll defend the institution. Listen, there's racism all over, and of course there is in the NFL. All right, I mean, I don't want to say everything's the owner's fault, but for the most part, they're rich white men, and guess what they're hiring? Other white men for the most part. It's, it filters down. Uh, maybe maybe people are are afraid to take a chance. That's why we keep getting these recycled coaches. I'm a Cowboy fan. We hired a recycled coach in McCarthy rather than, you know, take a chance on somebody who maybe doesn't have experience. Now, I get it with teams like the Cowboys or the Patriots, the Yankees, big cities, big organizations with big media presence that maybe you feel you have to have an experienced head coach to deal with that. But, you know, it does get disappointing after a while. Why, can't, why aren't the assistant coaches – why is there no change there? You know, yeah. why is still, you know, for the most part, they're white? I mean, as you said, the African-American players are, what, at least two-thirds – I don't know the exact number. It's at least two-thirds. So I'm not right saying, around it, 65%. Yeah. And I'm not saying that means that coaches need to be two-thirds, but it certainly can't be a fifth, a tenth, something silly like that. I mean, that that's just crazy. But for the most part, I think it's the people who are in charge are just hiring other people who look like them or act like them or they're yeah. afraid to go outside the norm. And, you know, like I said, for certain organizations, that makes no sense. You're not going anywhere anyway. You might as well take a shot. Yeah. And, you know, there's one non-white owner, Shad Khan. Uh, in Jacksonville. Um, I, I'm not going to get into who he supports politically. It's his right to do, support whomever he wants, but people uh, would also think that maybe Shad Khan, uh, some players are going to think Shad Khan isn't on their side. You know, I don't know. You know, I, I, it is what it is. There, there's been plenty of owners that have donated to Donald Trump. It is their prerogative to do so. I can't criticize them for that specifically, even if I disagree with it. So, um, Vic Fangio's apology, he, he did the story with Jeff Legwald initially of ESPN and via Jeff Legwald, the apology. Quote, I realized what I said was wrong. I should have been more clear and I'm sorry. He spoke to Broncos players Wednesday and the players gave him honest assessments of his comments Tuesday. So feel free to read Jeff Legwald's story. But, you know, we're going to move on to football specifically in the next segment. There's more stuff we could talk about with Akeem Hicks. Maybe we'll save it for the next hour or another show. But uh, it's all culminating back to, it's all emanating back from what happened a few years ago with Colin Kaepernick. I think anybody that had their head in the sand that it wasn't about uh, his protest was fooling themselves. You still read comments on social media, George, about people saying, ah, he wasn't that great a quarterback. Uh, he could have taken less money to do it. And, like, he's such a big man now, why doesn't he sacrifice his career uh, if he thinks it's so important? Which I would say four years later, okay, your move. And if you want to talk about the money he made from Nike and that was his grand plan, I think you're kidding yourself. I, I think his life has morphed into something else, and he did absolutely sacrifice his NFL career for a greater cause. Uh, I think we I continue to educate people out there. It doesn't mean you have to cancel everybody that disagrees with you, but it does mean we have to try and snuff out uh, racist behavior and actions like we saw this week. I think a few of the mistakes that happened this week in the NFL community are 
the type of thing that we can educate people about and around. And I don't think it means we have to cancel all of these people out of our lives. Oh, I agree. I mean, I completely agree. Like I said, you hope things change for the better. I'm not really a Kaepernick guy as far as the NFL is concerned. I thought he was a, uh, I thought he was a starting quarterback, but not a top half. I thought his yeah. skills, uh, you know, I think he fe- uh, he failed to develop would be one way I'd say about it. Kept throwing the fastball. He didn't know how to throw those either. He just kept throwing bullets at the bullets. But it's you know, you'll never convince me that he wasn't a top 64 quarterback. He could be a backup on somebody's team. Maybe he wanted too much money for a backup. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know what the politics were there behind him, what, what he wanted, what teams were offering him. But you'll never be able to convince him that he shouldn't be at least a backup. And I think he could have started for probably a third of the teams out there, if not more. Yeah, okay, we'll come back. We'll talk about the reopening of the NFL this week. It's FFC right here on The Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Football Full Circle right here on The Grid. Thanks for watching us this week. Uh, And we are going to talk about the reopening of the NFL. So, George, we talked about a lot of the very serious issues plaguing our nation in the first half of this hour. Now we're going to talk about the very serious issues plaguing the reopening of the NFL. But for now, positive news via Adam Schefter, who posted a memo from from Roger Goodell. This will advise that beginning tomorrow, June 5th, coaching staffs may be among the employees returning to your facility. As has been emphasized in previous advice on reopening facilities, this may occur only if your club has otherwise received necessary permission from state and local governments to reopen its facility. As stated in my memo of May 28th, members of the coaching staff will count toward the maximum number of permissible club employees in the facility. Beginning tomorrow, clubs may increase the number of employees in the facility to a total of 100. Subject, again, to state and local regulation and implementation of the protocols developed under the leadership. Dr. Sills. I'm going to stop reading it because that is a painful statement, as wooden as he appears on TV, George. Uh, I defend him a little bit, but boy, 
is wouldn't just a type of uh, adjective to describe him. So we're coming back. Field Yates says the NFL has informed teams that effective uh, coaches are permitted to return to practice facilities. Only players receiving treatment are permitted to be at the facility, as has been the case. And again, maximum number of people at facilities now up to 100 people. So I guess that maximum number of people would include rehabbing players, coaches, front office, ops. I guess you could do as many as you want, as long as it's not more than 100 and not only rehabbing players. No, no, it doesn't matter how many. If you have no rehabbing players, you can't have any other players in there. But right. I would imagine everybody else is golden. You know, I, I, 100, is that cleaning staff? Does that count? I guess it does. Yeah. You know, people who are working the building, ad, ad, administration, administration staff. All right, any, any of that. Yeah. So uh, just not more than 100. So it's, uh, it's the next, next step, right? Next step. Uh, the big step will be when the rest of the players can get in there. Uh, true. And Ian Rappaport, more on the welcoming NFL welcoming back coaches. The league went, went, the Niners. The league anticipates only the 49ers not be able to get to their to not be able to get their facility tomorrow. That's bad English by him and me. The team is aware and supportive of the plan and has been in communication with its local authorities to obtain all necessary permissions when available. Obviously, be talking with uh, the mayor, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom and everything else to make sure that they are not violating uh, any of the uh, local ordinances that are currently in place. So that's pretty good. I mean, hell, a month ago, if you and I were talking about that and saying 31 of the 32 are coming back, we never would have thought that was possible. Yeah, apparently San Fran uh, gave their okay to this. There you and, go. All right, yeah, yeah, because Marion Goodell was very, no one's coming back until we can all come back. Well, I guess that didn't mean anything because you're only 31 of 32, but San Fran said it's okay. That also lets you know that this doesn't mean anything right now. There's nothing going on anyway. Yeah, the coaches can come back, and the rehabbing players were already there, so there's no advantage there. And most coaches, other than they have access to certain things more easily, film and stuff like that, you know, you're hearing from other coaches, you know what, being away from the facility, I might incorporate this year after year, even when things are back to normal. It lets you know at this time of year, it's not as important. There's going to be no mini camps. I'd be surprised that there are. I don't think that's going to happen by June 15th. Uh, the Players Association doesn't seem to want it to happen. Are uh, they going to go against it they, for health and safety reasons? So there's no real huge thing here. The next question for me will be, when will the rest of the players be allowed? I assume it will be well before training camp that uh, the okay will be given. Not that they'll go there before then. They may not, or maybe they will. Maybe training camp will be extended. I guess that all has to be worked out with the union yet. But that's the next step for me. I think it's a good first step, Mike, but I don't think this is surprising. You and I live on Long Island. We're in, still in phase one. They're opening things here. So it makes sense throughout the rest of the country, too. I don't even Listen, know what that means. I, if I'm being totally honest, I don't even know what it means. I do. Uh, at least I did. Tell me. It, it meant nothing to me because nothing applies. I think certain yeah, some people right. go back to work. Certain stores are now open for curbside. Certain office buildings you can get back into. But curb uh, phase one, really, for you or I, doesn't mean much. It's yeah. really phase everything else that will uh, open up further things. But you also get what the governor of Texas now Governor Abbott, I'm going to love to see this. That Greg now, Abbott, by the way, not Jim. You said Jim last week. It's Greg. Greg, Jim, Yankee fan. Uh, go, Jim. Uh, but now he wants, to, he wants to okay 50% fans in the stadiums. I mean, why not just invite COVID back? I mean, really, you're going to have Texas, whatever they call Texas Stadium now, uh, AT&T, you can have 50,000 people in that stadium? You can't so, make them all six feet apart. That's impossible. How are they getting in the stadium and how are they getting out without, I mean, really, just, just say COVID's coming back in November. So I'll tell you an interesting story. It's a little sidebar to this, but it's, it's, I think it's relevant. So I went to the final four and say basketball. I've been to a few of them, a lot of fun, good times. I went to the one in Houston a few years ago. It's really the most, it's one of the more iconic finals uh, in NCAA history. Villanova won on a true buzzer beater from Chris Jenkins to beat North Carolina. I was at the game. Turns out our own Ariel Epstein was there as well, covering Syracuse, who made the Final Four. I, I digress. So I, getting into big events like that, not always that easy. But my thought process is that, oh, it's the Houston Texans Stadium, NRG Stadium. They're used to hosting 75,000 people. Uh, it's like 72,000, I think, is the capacity. There's actually a couple thousand more that go to the final four games because you can move partitions in. The court is smaller. Obviously, you can get a couple of thousand more people in there. 
I'm telling you, getting into that thing was a complete nightmare. They didn't have all the uh, security lanes open. We sat there in Texas heat. It was, granted, only April Texas heat. But we sat there for 45 minutes without moving. Near, I mean, thousands of people missed tip-off because of how disorganized they are. So I brought this up to say, George, I was packed in tight with people. That was way before COVID was around. And if they're going to let people into the stadiums like that across the NFL, uh, to your point, we might have some issues. We're definitely good. There's no way. If you're going to keep six, uh, you know what, at each entrance, a thousand people, and that's being kind, six feet apart, that's over a mile. That's just a thousand. All right. You talk itself, well, I guess 35,000 at Reliant. Right. I mean, it's it's not there's no way you can be able to avoid it. and as i keep saying if you're gonna have half the people in there how are you gonna separate them by six feet they how? won't you can't you can't you literally have one seat apart one seat apart is not six feet we all wish it was we all wish we had that kind of room in the stadium but you do not so this once again this is just uh money money talks here health is secondary yeah so uh, and you know, I, I haven't understood exactly how that was going to happen, but I, I think there's obviously some pressure to try to get people back to some level of normalcy. I don't personally think that that's the way it has to be done. And you know, you're talking about COVID right now, and we're going to get into it in when we talk about college football. But I'll do it as a sidebar here. Alabama players got together, a voluntary workout, no coaches present. Five players uh, are testing positive for COVID-19. So that's there. Now, there's no record of exactly how many guys were there because it's a voluntary players only scenario. But it seems like, you know, there's a few dozen guys there at least. And now five of them have it. And I know people are concerned about during these protests, uh, what is going to happen? Are we going to have see additional outbreaks of COVID-19? It's outside. People are and all of that. But um Again, people, are, there are going to be certain cities where people are more uneasy about doing this, George. I think given the fact that the Giants and Jets play in New Jersey not far from us, people are going to be more uneasy about it. But it doesn't mean you can't get 20,000 people to show up. I mean, I don't think that would be all that hard, even given what's going on in this area related to the virus. I would agree. You know, I think, uh, once again, if you're talking, I'm probably on board with a fifth of the uh, size of the arena, maybe a fourth. Once again, you could, you could separate that by six feet. I think, uh, as to, to your point, yes, I think in the beginning, uh, we'll, we'll talk about football here. In September, sure, they'll be able to get the people to come out because people have been locked up or not be able to go anywhere for so long. The fact that they are, they're allowed, they're able to, they'll go. Yeah. Uh, now, listen, if the Jets and Giants are terrible, come October, maybe that's not so. Weather's changing a little bit, getting a little colder, and teams one and five, yeah, maybe the fans aren't going for that reason. They can use, oh, you know what? It's probably not worth the risk now. It's getting colder, and uh, I don't want to deal with the virus, especially if it comes back in the winter. But uh, I just find it funny. It seems like the, the two states, not I shouldn't say funny, a coincidence that the two states that seem to be pushing are Texas and Florida, two of the biggest collegiate states as far as football is concerned in the nation. Yeah. Is that why they're pushing for Because once again, a lot of money, a lot of universities. is You know, there's a whole lot of, politicking going on to get these places to open up, get the fans in there, get the money that we need. You know, our programs need money. We need this. We need that. And I wonder if that's going on as well. It's why I keep saying every time we have Joe Lisi on, no one cares about the players. It's all about money. That's all it ever is. And listen, that's, it's really, as far as everything is concerned, it's all every, anybody's ever worried about money. Yeah. And you, to go a step further on what you said on Texas and Florida, obviously big for college, but you're talking about the two hottest two biggest hotbeds for uh, high school talent in the country as well, where high school football rules, right? Uh, Friday night lights and, and everything else with, with deference to California and Georgia and Alabama and, and Louisiana, Texas is the most D1 players and high school football is king down there, obviously. So uh, that's something that we have to consider that they may be trying to move momentum towards being that being allowed and that not not being restricted in any way. Now, I, I look, I can't sit here and say right, wrong or indifferent, but I'm just saying I'm concerned. Um, and, and we'll see. Uh, obviously, if there's we see covid breakouts due to the, the protests, that's going to be another indication that even though we're outside and wearing masks, it's still not all that safe. So we'll see. 
the last thing I guess we can get to before the break or George and I talk about fantasy football in the next segment is the NFL talking about trimming players' base salaries. We could spend a whole segment on this, but we only have about a minute and a half. But I'll just say, the NFL has had it easy in terms of their calendar, their league calendar, and not having to rush starting line because the actual starting line is still a little over three months away. But this is going to be a discussion, George, and it's it could get ugly as MLB. But they're going to ask for some money back, and the players are probably going to say no way. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely worth the more than just uh, the minute we have left here. They're going to fight. You're seeing what's going on in baseball. I don't know if it'll be to that degree, but it's not like the NFLPA and the owners get along at all. And they just had their little CBA agreement, and that didn't go so well, right? That only just barely passed. The players aren't going to be in any mood to give anything back here. But once again, you may not have a gate or maybe half a gate, third of a gate, whatever it is. The owners are going to want a rebate. Especially because they're taking a very specific health risk, right, um, on top of it. Granted, there is a, a pie from which they're pulling revenues, which is different from the MLB uh, CBA, but it is something that we'll talk about. We'll spend more time on it in another hour and another show, really diving into what the proposals look like on both sides. But George and I will come back talking Dynasty League fantasy football right here on The Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Football Full Circle right here on The Grid. Mike and George talking about Dynasty football. We made a heck of a transition this hour, George. Talking about social injustice, and now we're talking about Dynasty football and the drafts that we have ongoing. We very often talk about odds uh, on this program, but George and I have a background in fantasy football. We'll talk about fantasy football anytime we damn please. And here we are. So, uh uh, let me. I guess I should set up the league first, right, George? Because there's very few people 
out there listening that play in leagues like this, but I like to talk about it because it's fun and you should play in leagues like this if you're into fantasy football and if you're into the NFL in general. So, Dynasty Leagues. For those of you that don't know what it is, I'm going to explain this one in particular. Dynasty means you keep everybody year over year. It's not a keeper league where you throw uh, everybody back and you keep your two or three best players based on budget or, what, or round uh, association. You keep everybody. So you're managing a full roster. Now, this roster that we manage is 45 players. You say, how you have so many players? Well, we play with IDPs, individual defensive players, as well. So you have a 40-man active roster, a five-man rookie taxi squad, practice squad, however you want to choose to frame it. But rookies only, once they came off the practice squad and play a game, they're off forever. So you got to keep them on the practice squad or uh, no, no bueno. So uh, how does it break down amongst IDPs versus offense? We actually start 19 players. We have, uh, ten, is it, is that right? 19 players, yeah. 10 on we got defense. Now it's 11 and, uh, 11 and 8. 11 and 8, right. 11 on defense. Uh, it was it used to be 9 on offense. We got rid of the kicker, so it's 8. So it's 11 and 8, 19 players. Um, you have to start defensive tackles, one at least. You have to start two defensive ends at least. You have to start uh, three or four linebackers maximum because linebackers can rack up a lot of points. So you try to limit that. Uh, uh, one corner two safeties at a minimum. Uh, the kicker is that defensive tackles have crazy bonus points. It was done when the league was set up. This is the 10th year, I think, George, we're doing. Oh, no, this is the ninth year, started in 12. So this will be the ninth season that we're doing it. Uh, we started with bonuses for defensive tackles because in IDP leagues, they normally don't mean anything. So we're like, hey, let's, uh, let's throw some bonuses in here. And it's pretty crazy. It makes defensive tackles, the good ones, really valuable, correct? Yeah, it's, it's a fun league. Right? It really is a fun league. You have to know your stuff because, once again, you have to know your IDPs. Uh, I'm a big proponent of IDP. Uh, I, I don't understand why more leagues don't. We don't ignore pitching in baseball. Right? You don't ignore goaltending in hockey or whatever it might be. But we ignore it in football for a team defense. Yay! And everybody will tell you, just pick your defense last or second to yeah. last. Yeah. This eliminates that. And the way, what you were saying with defensive tackle, the scoring system was rigged a little bit to make defensive players – I'm not going to say as important as offensive players because they're not, but you're going to want to think about a top linebacker if you were starting from scratch in round three, round four. So that's where the point system is uh, is triggered for. As Mike's talking about, there are 32 teams in this league, but oh, it yeah. is uh, divided into two conferences. Uh, I'm in the North Conference. Mike's in the South Conference. Mm -hmm. And each conference can have the same players. I mean, the two conferences can have the same players. Mike can have uh, Dak Prescott and so can I. You know, we're in different conferences, but the playoff system is uh, set up just like the NFL is. You know, you play your own conference first, and the North Conference, will, the North Conference winner will play the South Conference winner. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Uh, I know where I think Mike, your your leagues, the dynasty, the, the rookie draft just started. I know your your draft is going much faster than mine. We've literally just got into the second round today, and I believe you're about halfway through the second round. Yeah, so to wrap up the setup on offense, so we start those 11 defensive players every week on offense. You start one QB, uh, at least one running back up to three. You start at least three wide receivers up to five or six, and then you have to start one tight end, but up to three. So you can mix and match it however you want. Uh, there are times when, believe me, due to the depth of this league, 16 teams and the amount of players, there are times when it gets really really thin the waiver wire is empty of players we have a thousand dollar free agency acquisition budget fab fob however you want to uh, pronounce it uh, each year and the bidding gets pretty intense when somebody gets injured and their backup is potentially still available on the waiver wire although it is even rare these days that backups can be out there uh Backup quarterbacks are the ones that actually see a lot of bidding at times if somebody goes down because not every backup quarterback is owned. You know, like uh, Mason Rudolph, there's it's conceivable that he could be out there if Ben Roethlisberger goes down. But I digress. Let's get into the way this draft has progressed. Uh, I'll say that I had a very good run in this league for the first six years. The last couple has been sort of a downturn. So years seven and eight of the league. I think I was the first two times I missed the playoffs. And 
I was 4-0 last year, George. I don't know if I ever told you this. I was 4-0 in this league last year because I built up the defense. I was like, I might actually compete, even though I don't have good enough offense. And then the chickens came home to roost. I was I started losing. Every 50-50 call I made was wrong. I started losing, and I lost five in a row. I was 4-5, and five, and I was just like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm not going to be any good. So I I technically tanked it the last three games I put in legal lineups and I could have won those games, but uh, I didn't. So I finished four and eight and I came in 12th place. So this is the highest I ever selected. The negative to that is that I was going for it last year in the draft moving around and I traded two of my draft picks. So the one time I picked high for the first time ever, I only have four picks out of the six. Yeah. For me, I'm sort of the, uh, the opposite of you. Uh, I'm, I'm in a pretty good shape. I'd, uh, I lost to a Super Bowl in 17 and 18. I got Todd Gurley in 18. I played against him that when he went bananas oh. that week at you know, 9,000 points. Uh, and last year I lost in what would be the semifinals uh, to the to Dr. Roto, the eventual league uh, winner. Uh, I think he destroyed me. I, I think he beat me up pretty good. It wasn't all that close here. I got a good competitive team. And uh, what I like about this draft is, you know, because of Dynasty League, I mean, I, I drafted 14th this year. So I just had my pick earlier today and you're not always drafting the best player available because I might have obvious needs, you know, the best player available. I took a quarterback. I needed one. My quarterbacks coming into uh, the season were Nick Foles, Minshew and Derek Carr. Not exactly the who's who of quarterbacks here. <laughs> uh, no, I could survive the season with them. And I, I have Foles too, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I, he's, he's my like, I mean, let's face it right now with those three, it's week by week gut feel who I think is going to have the best matchup that week. Yeah. Uh, and I had the 14th pick, and only one quarterback was taken. That was Burrow. And he went, uh, I think, eighth, something like that. Uh, and I come in, I wanted to trade down. I did because uh, I, th- I thought two would still be there for a couple of picks. And somebody, I, I, had, a, I had a nibble, the guy who had the uh, first pick in the second round and the second pick in the second round, for that matter. He was interested in moving up to the uh, to 114. And we tried. I mean, we sent several proposals, but I was wary. I looked at his roster. He needed a quarterback, too. Got and it. I thought that's why he was trying to trade up with me to, to get the quarterback. Because he had he had Mariota and somebody else. No, nobody great. I'm like, oh, God. And there's no way I can let him go to have his two picks ahead of me because I know he's taking a quarterback then. So I ended up, uh, I got a little shy, and I didn't like the offer. I couldn't get him to give it. He wouldn't uh, trade me Singletary, uh, which I, I running back I would have died for. So I ended up taking Tua with my uh, 14th overall pick. I am well aware that he's probably not going to help me this season. I'm probably going to have to live with Foles, That's okay, Minshew, though. and Carr. And I'm, I'm, it's a dynasty league. I'm willing yeah. to accept that. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is what it's about. Dynasty league, you're building for the future. My offense has been falling apart for uh, all of the last four seasons. And I've tried to put Mark Ingram and Chris Carson on the trading block. No takers, which is right. odd. because yeah, I didn't get one offer. I was going to try and trade out of the number four pick because I'm missing my second and fifth round pick. So I just wanted to get one or both of those back and uh, it didn't happen. So I'll tell you my draft from the top folks. So uh, Joe Burrow went first in my draft. That, That's a mistake. Ne- that is a mistake and it never happens, even though he will be a starting quarterback for at least the next four to five years. One quarterback not league, four points for a touchdown pass. Yeah, it's, it's not, not important. Yeah, and the player who drafted him had at QB. Now, I, I'll, I'll defend him by saying the QBs on that roster are Matt Schaub, Marcus Mariota, and Cam Newton. So he literally didn't have a quarterback. But uh, so his thought process is I, I want to compete right now, and I'll go with that. But I would tell him that your team stinks. Trade it down. doesn't matter. It doesn't trade down, trade down. Uh, and try to get Joe Burrow a little bit later or get to a, a little bit later. But this, this is where it, you need to, if you're, if you're an owner in this situation, he, I, I'm sorry, he's new to the league, you said? He's brand new. He's brand new. Look at past drafts. You'll see yeah. that no, quarterbacks don't go early in this draft. They just don't because everyone wants, it's a dynasty league. We kill for running backs. Yeah. There aren't enough of them out there. He could have waited. He should have traded down. Traded the, the one the one, one pick to somebody for a one six, one seven, one eight, you'll get whatever quarterback you want. Like I said, in my right. draft, uh, Burrow didn't go until I believe it was one eight, and I took two at one fourteen. We're in the second round now. No other quarterback is gone. Right. Quarterbacks just don't go early in this thing. There, this is not a two quarterback league. This is not a super flex league. Joe Burrow at one ten in my division, which is about right. 
Yeah. You know, uh, so, so. Uh, that's what you, I can't say this enough in leagues. If you join a league and you don't know what's going on and you don't know who, who likes to do what, look at the past drafts. It, everything's online nowadays. You can look at past drafts and know where guys go. That's right. So Joe Burrow goes one. And then uh, I'm surprised, but uh, Jeff Manns and Ted Schuster uh, of Guru Elite, they picked Jonathan Taylor uh, as the running back. I, I'm not a huge, I, I'm not hugely critical. I'm just surprised. I thought Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would go first, which he went first overall, I believe, in your draft. He goes third in ours. So I picked I had a real debate, George and I knows. Uh, George and I were going back and forth on this. We bounce ideas off of one another. Uh, he and I had the same thought process, so it's why I went with what I did. I did try to move back. I put offers out there. I waited eight out, six hours I waited to pick. You have like a 20-hour clock or something crazy, but I didn't want to make people wait all the night long. I gave it a full night for people to come in and offer. I got nothing, so I picked uh, right before midnight. And I took C.D. Lamb. My options, obviously, were the other running backs there. Now, Chase Young went right after me. Sort of surprising because defensive ends in this league aren't big difference makers. Now, he's a good player. He'll be a good asset in a league like this. But defensive end as a position specifically isn't a difference maker here. So my options, I was really thinking J.K. Dobbins for some long-term. I have Ingram. I think, well, let me take Ingram's predecessor or rather successor in Baltimore I thought that might be the way to go. DeAndre Swift I thought about, but the reality is C.D. Lamb goes four. I took him because I have no receivers. I have Golden Tate, and I got Paris Campbell and Andy Isabella that I drafted last year. My, I used to be stocked. I had Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate back in the day. I had Doug Baldwin. I had Michael Crabtree. I used to be loaded. It ain't the case anymore. Those guys are all retired. So... I had to go I had to go with a receiver that I think is gonna be a really good long-term asset. I think it was the right choice here. Don't you agree? I think you have best player all, overall. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, once again, you did try and trade down. I was surprised when I heard that you told me your conference is not as busy as mine. My conference, there are trade-offs going on all over the place. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've had them, I've given them, and people have made six, seven trades. So my conference is busier than yours. Yeah, all right, we'll come back. That's it for this hour of FFC. We'll come back and talk college football in the next hour. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up, like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect, flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh 
refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.